It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, Giants fans? Welcome to the latest episode of the Talk is Cheap podcast from NJ Advanced Media, the Star Ledger, and NJ.com. Of course, Daryl Slater here with you, Bob Brookover on the other end. And it is Tuesday evening, 15th of August. Uh, the Giants earlier today wrapped up their 14th training camp practice. Uh, they've had two last week with the Lions in Detroit. They played their preseason opener last Friday night in Detroit. Unsurprisingly, all backups or younger guys who are going to start, uh, not established starters. Preseason game number two, Friday night uh, against the uh, Panthers. Maybe some starters get some action in that one. Uh, and we are exactly two weeks away from the only set of roster cuts teams have to do now. So kind of a, a good midpoint here. Some some developments have happened throughout camp, so we'll talk about those. Talk about where things stand in terms of roster bubble guys because that's beginning to take shape. Um, and there's some interesting things have have happened. You know, I think that this is a good point to kind of take stock of where the giants are at, um, as they really hit kind of, I guess, the midpoint of camp and they get ready for, of course, the big one being their September 10th, Sunday night, regular season opener in prime time against the Cowboys at home. And that game four weeks from this past Sunday. So we're just inside of four weeks till that one. So that's, that's coming Coming fast, and uh, Bob, how you doing? Doing well, Daryl. Um, getting getting close to that opening day, but we still got a ways to go to. Uh, so near, so far. It is sort of feeling like that. I mean, too soon to start talking about the opener, obviously. Or, you know, I think we're still in this period where we're talking about things like offensive tackle depth, who's winning position battles, and so we'll start there. Um, we got a chance to talk to the coordinators today before practice and Wick Martindale, very candid. Um, there were a, a few position battles going into this camp. Nothing like crazy sexy in terms of position battles, but one, well, let's say two have been resolved. Uh, and so that let's just start with those. So they obviously everyone knows they signed Bobby O'Karake, their middle, new middle linebacker, the other lines in the other inside linebacker spot, the weak side spot, who is it going to be? Darian Beavers, Micah McFadden. And your answer today from Wink Martindale basically said Micah McFadden's leading. So I would be surprised if the starter there is not Micah McFadden unless they sign Anthony Barr. But that's where they stand uh, with that one. Yeah, I mean, that, that is you know, maybe a little bit of surprise because a, a year ago, Darian Beavers was having a uh, really good camp right around this time and, and seemed like he might have a, a chance to uh, a little, we didn't know at that time. I wasn't even on the job yet, but uh, it wasn't known at that time that Blake Martinez was going to get cut. Uh, but, um, you know, it seemed like Beavers was 
positioning himself to to maybe be that uh, one of those starters at the inside linebacker. Uh, but you know, instead he missed an entire season, as Wink pointed out today. Micah McFadden was one of the few players to play all 17 regular season games last year. Uh, another reason you thought maybe he, he wouldn't win is because they, they then benched him uh, in favor of Jarrett Davis for in the two postseason games. Didn't just bench him, but uh, deactivated him uh, for the two playoff games, which made you think, well, maybe Micah McFadden's giant stays are behind him. But you know what? He, he has bounced back here. Wink said he was very happy with the way he played Friday night against the Lions, and and he's the leader in the clubhouse. Well, maybe not in the clubhouse, but he's the leader on the field right now. <laughs> Indeed, uh, and the great points there about, you know, his rookie year was a disaster. I mean, his pro PFF grade was 38.7 and including 30.0 in coverage. I mean, uh, the, obviously his role as it is now is not going to – he's not going to be on the field every down. Bobby Okereke w- will be essentially most downs. Right, but this weak side guy comes off in some sub packages. But still, you need to be able to cover better than he covered last year. He knew. Right. He- I, I was gonna. I was just gonna say. I think because Okereke is such an every down back, which I wrote about a little bit last week. Every, every down linebacker, it it may might take some of the importance of that position away uh, because he, they can always have him on the field. Um, so you know, and then and then. You know, which you wrote about a little bit today, uh, the, the way Dane Belton's playing, um, you know, might allow him to kind of be like one of those hybrid type uh, linebacker safety players uh, that, that they maybe gets used even more than that inside linebacker job. Yeah. And so they can kind of protect McFadden a little bit in terms of not having him be an every down guy. If he is the guy, I mean, there, there were obviously... Uh, there was a report that Anthony Barr was kind of eyeing a visit to the Giants that never materialized. Doesn't mean it won't uh, at some point, but it seems like that they are, um, for now, uh, locked in on McFadden, who lost five pounds. I took him today. So he lost about five pounds in the offseason, down to 230. Thinks it'll help him cover better while still being able to defend the run. Uh, you know, he's talking about improving his eyes and his feet, and he said he was just kind of so all over the map last year. Even though he did play 435 snaps, started seven games, played all 17, uh, he was so all over the map that it was, like, really hard for him to even, like, process pre-snap communication. He said it, it sounded to him like white noise was the quote because he was just trying to figure out, like, where the heck do I have to go in the defense? And so he, he was, by his own admission, admission uh, lost out there. Um, and he said, that, you know, the year was so bad, uh, not up to his standards that he, he didn't even, he said this today. He goes, a lot of times, this is a quote. A lot of times I didn't want to go back and watch the film just because before even watching it, I knew how I played like that. It was grim for him. And so, as you mentioned, you know, being benched, being deactivated, you wondered what was his, what was his role going to be on this team going forward? Now, obviously he's not cemented himself as a guy who's got a long-term future here, but now he has an opportunity to put his rookie nightmare really, um, honestly, like behind him. Uh, so it, that'll, that'll be a neat story. Now, obviously Beavers will not necessarily not disappear. Right. And he was a guy who had a lot of promise last year. He still is essentially a rookie because he missed the whole year with a torn ACL. Um, but as you mentioned, he was, he was looking good in camp last year. Um, so it doesn't mean this is necessarily the end for him. You know, this is a job that could, could switch hands at some point, uh, depending on how, uh, depending on how, um, McFadden plays, obviously. So, yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, this is not going to be a position they're going to expect to carry the defense. But as I mentioned, the, this guy 
McFadden, presuming it's McFadden, this spot needs to cover better. Um, and certainly defend the run better too, because that was such a mess of an area for the Giants last year. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it, it's it, it's a position where they have to be better. Uh, if if they're not, you know, and we've gone over this many many times since the end of the last season. And the greatest weakness of this team was was stopping the run. Uh, but the, you know, and, and under the radar is kind of the fact that their linebackers weren't great at covering receivers, which is another area where O'Karrick is supposed to, to to help them improve. Uh, but the, if the play is not better at those positions, then the Giants are probably going to be in trouble again, especially against teams like the Eagles and Cowboys, who just uh, ate them up with big yardage plays uh, in the run game last year. Yeah, so that's where that is. I mean, McFadden played in the preseason game, number one. Uh, he played in the first preseason game. Not a lot, um, but he got out there. And we've seen him in practice be, um, you know, and I think it, we sort of had, there were hints that he was the guy because what was happening in practice was when they went to nickel in their second team nickel. Uh, right. Okay, so, so someone has to be the middle linebacker in that, right? And that guy is Bobby O'Karake with the first team. But with the second team, that was Mike and McFadden. So it's like, oh, okay, I see. He's, he's like the backup middle linebacker. To me, that means, you know, he's probably ahead of Beavers in the pecking order, even though they were both getting first-team reps in, in, in the base defense uh, with the starters at times. But McFadden has been kind of getting those first-team reps more often lately, so it, it kind of was where that was going. But it was kind of surprising to hear Wink Martindale say that. Another – I mean, he was in a really candid mood today. One other thing he mentioned was – where they're at with with the cornerback situation, and this one is certainly uh, more intriguing, uh, more important, probably, <laughs> definitely. Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. So they they're intent on playing their three best cornerbacks, and he said, you know, th- these guys are our three best cornerbacks right now, and everyone who's been paying attention to the Giants knows what what he's talking about. And he was referring, of course, to what well, obviously when they're in the base defense, they're going to be Deontay Banks, Dory Jackson as the two corners. We all know that that's standard. There's no, no surprise there when they go to nickel, which is a lot, they play a lot in nickel. Uh, the, the, what, what everyone assumed they would do would have Dory Jackson, uh, Deontay Banks, and then either Cordell Flott or, or Darnay Holmes in the slot, probably Flott because Holmes has not been very good. Uh, Instead, what they've done now for quite a while here in camp, uh, have a Dory, they've had a Dory Jackson bump inside to play the slot, uh, which means he's got to play two different positions in, over the course of a game, and uh, have Trey Hawkins, Larry Trey Hawkins III, six-round cornerback, the quote-unquote other cornerback they drafted, who's really made a name for himself early on. Again, it's early, uh, but you know it's he's stacking good practices and has played well enough that they trust him to be the outside corner he's not a nickel he's long so he's he's exclusively an outside corner to trust him to be the outside corner opposite banks who's also an outside corner and long and then they take jackson who's more compact and put him in the slot uh we'll see i mean it sounds great on paper and interesting but but geez i i don't know take a step back and and like what do you what do you think of this from like a broader view beyond it? Just uh, being- you know, I'm going to go back to the to Eagles and Cowboys. Uh, yeah. You know, they're going to he's they're putting an awful lot of pressure uh, on 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 two on two rookie corners. You know, one guy one guy's a first round pick, so you kind of uh, say, all right, that's you're going to get thrown into the fire as a first round pick in this league many many times. The other guy's a sixth round pick. Are you putting too much on him? 
Uh, I mean, there are, there are there are stories about six round corners and uh, six round picks at every position, including the greatest player in the history of the league, Tom Brady, uh, coming through. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's a it's a lot to ask, and you know what? It's a lot to ask of a Dory Jackson. Uh, I think you were the one who asked him the question today. You know, how does how does it, this impact you? Um, you know, and he just talked about catching his breath a little bit and and. Uh, you know, doing something he hasn't done before, but he seems to be embracing it, which is which is important. But there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different angles to look at this, um, and it, it's a it, it's somewhat of a risk for sure. And then you you talk about a team like the Eagles, who's who have um, Devonte Smith and AJ Brown coming at you, uh, the Cowboys, CD Lamb, and uh, whom I whom I miss it. Well, they added. Uh, Brandon Crooks and and uh, who's their third is three three really good receivers. I'm drawing a blank on their third one right now. Um, right, Ramsey uh, and Gallup, Michael yeah, Gallup. Yep. Yes, right, Gallup. Um, you know, so you you have you're putting a lot of pressure on on um, and and banking a lot on this decision, but I. You know, when you you take a step back and you really think about it, Wink's right. They're you know they're probably his three best cornerbacks. <laughs> you kind of know what Darnay Holmes is at this point. Um, Flot has not seized the job, third round pick last year. Um, so I, I just think that they're going to move on from Darnay Holmes. Obviously, if he makes a team this year, which I guess he maybe could, maybe make it cut. Um, but he's not in their future plans. Clearly, he wasn't one of their guys in terms of this regime drafting him. Flot was. They gave him. They took a long, hard look at him. Gave him a chance to uh, to to win that job. Um, but Hawkins just played well enough to be considered one of the better best three. And okay, so I guess if you look at it like that and say, you know, the the three want to put the three best guys out there because the slot role essentially is a starter role, and slot receivers are. Uh, today's NFL obviously are like great players. They're not just afterthought guys. So you need to have three really good corners out there to cover two or three really good receivers, right? So I, I still also wonder if there will be times where like if a team doesn't have a great slot guy and, um, you know, maybe they – I don't know. Maybe you have a Dory Jackson shadow a guy that's lining up outside, right? I mean, if, if the other team's number one receiver is going to line up outside – you're not going to be stubborn and just put Dory Jackson in the slot against a slot guy, right? Maybe you put Flot in the slot and have Jackson handle the outside guy who's super imposing and then just say, okay, uh, because it's not like all these guys are interchangeable. Hawkins and Banks aren't. They can only play on the outside. So you have to kind of move pieces around. In terms of the uh, – I looked this up earlier in camp when I did this, uh, just a piece about Jackson in the slot. So – here are his yearly snaps in the slot starting in Tennessee. What was his first year with the Giants? 2021, right? It was his first year with the Giants. So right. he started his career, obviously, first four years of the Titans. He, he played these, these number of snaps in the slot with the Titans, 104, 87, 81, and 36. So a good amount early on, not so much in that last year. And then through two years with the Giants, 49 and 63. Obviously a way more on the outside like his outside cornerback snaps are you talking 995 you know 800 700 you know 700 last year 576 so the, the ratio is like way out right. um, he has played there it's not enough to really to me i mean he hasn't played there a significant amount since since his 
2019. So it's going to be an adjustment. It's going to be an adjustment for and for Trey Hawkins. My goodness, to throw a six round pick out there. Big big adjustment for him. I mean, he's the one. He's the one I would worry about the most. Uh, just because it's it's, it's it's hard for good players to play cornerback. There's a reason that these guys are always saying you, the biggest thing you have to have as a cornerback in this league is a short memory uh, because they're always getting beat, even the great ones. Um, so, I mean, hey, hey, we'll see. You know, I, I give, give the kid a lot of credit for just putting himself in that position at this point, but for it's sure. a big ask. It's a really big ask. Uh, you know, 23 years old, he's not a super young guy, but also on the other hand, does not had a big stage, grew up in small city, Texas, 80,000 people. Uh, and then went to Trinity Valley community college in, in middle of nowhere, Texas, improved his grades, went to old dominion, which, you know, Sunbelt school. So yeah, he has never been on this type of stage before. And so it's really admirable what he's done. It's a fantastic camp story. He wants it to be more than a great camp story. He said, I, you know, he said, I want to. I'm not satisfied with just being a good camp story. Okay, like let's see how it goes. I mean, I think there's going to be hiccups, and everyone needs to realize that. But, um, but yeah, and so, um, and we're going to switch to offense just just real quick because the other the other position that's kind of worth talking about here at the top, as we talk about these these kind of most noteworthy spots, uh, is offensive guard because there's been some developments there. Uh, we talk about the developments at inside linebacker and at, and at cornerback, particularly with how they're going to handle the slot. Um, and double duty for Adore Jackson, maybe double duty ish kind of for Ben Bredesen. So this one's a little bit like clunky to unpack every, you know, so obviously last year, the left guard, um, Ben Bredesen, Joshua Zudu split snaps. They has drafted Zudu in the third round last year. You're going to give a guy like that every chance to win the job. He struggled. He got hurt shoulder injury. Okay. So you figure going into this camp, it's going to be a Zudu versus Bredesen for the left guard job with Bredesen probably as the front runner, right? Then you know your center is going to be John Michael Schmitz. No change there. He's going to be the center. And then you go, okay, Mark Lewinsky was okay. He was fine last year, right? Um, and he's going to be back as your right guard. Well, maybe not. Um, so may, what they've been doing lately um, is having uh, all sorts of rotations here. So like today with the first team, they had a Zudu with the first team left guard and they had Glowinski some at right guard with the first team, but also Bredesen some at right guard with the first team. So to me, and then, and then at one point they also had uh, Bredesen at left guard and Izudu uh, and, and out. Yeah, Bredesen. Yeah. Yep. And, and as, so as, he, you know, at different points in camp this this year, Bredesen has played center. Uh, yeah, so. and they so they did line up also with what we assume would be their regular rotation. So they 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 had Bredesen left. Lewinsky right, which is what we figured, right? They've also yeah. done, they also did the two things I said, which is a Zudu left, Glowinski right, a Zudu left, Bredesen right. right. Okay, so a Zudu's a left guard, Glowinski's a right guard. Those guys haven't been moving, been moving around. Uh, Bredesen is, you know, an okay player, but you're, you're asking him maybe to uh, move over to the right side potentially and start there, but also know enough clearly about left, which has been his position. Uh, if something happens to Azudu to maybe slide back there during the course of a game, or if something happens to Schmitz, which would be a disaster because they don't have any proven depth at center, be the center. Like this is, it's yeah. a lot on his plate. Yeah. I mean, it, it's something that other teams do do. Uh, you know, they, they will, you know, a lot of teams, your value as a backup lineman is a guy who can play either tackle guard or, or guard center. Um, you know, and 
the, you know, that will be apparently Ben Bredesen's value in the, in the NFL, uh, certainly with the giants. Uh, so I, I don't think that's that big a deal. Well, it, it's a big deal because it's, you know, they drafted Schmitz in the second round and I think they expect him to be their center for a long, long time. So it would, it would matter. It would certainly be a, uh, problem value wise in turn terms of him getting hurt. But, uh, but I, from, in terms of Bredesen having to know guard, both guard positions and center, I don't see that as being a huge, huge deal. I really don't. Last year, Bredesen played, um, 30 snaps at center, including 26 in the, uh, well, 26 were in that Eagles game. At the end of the, right. Well, I, yeah, okay. Does that not count playoffs? I don't know. Whatever. So he, yeah. Anyway, he got thirty. He, he played in that final. He, I think um, Gates might have started the game at center. Uh, I think in that game, and then Bredesen moved to center later in the game. Right. So he he has thirty snaps at center. He and I think that's the extent of his. That's the extent of like any time he's ever played center in a regular season game. So they don't really have an experienced backup center that JC Hosnauer was supposed to be it. Uh, he got hurt. He's out for the year, uh, unfortunately. So that was a you know kind of a low key kind of blow for them because yeah. of that there. But I you know obviously right. So like obviously that could be a concern. But you're assuming in this case Schmitz get hurt gets hurt. But I think the bigger one here is. Glowinski may be losing his job to Bredesen. That this all depends on Azudu being good enough to start, which we don't right. know. Like, uh, right? Well, and, and you know, it, and then we just go back to last year, which I asked Mike Kafka today. You know that that's how. The funny thing is, so much happened at left guard last year. Five different guys started that position. Seven games they had two different guys rotating in and out, which I I I I, I found to be strange and different. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just a revolving door. Um, and now here we are, you know, three weeks away from opening day. And you, I guess the possibility also exists, although it doesn't seem like Kafka wants to go that direction. Um, and Dable, Dable, when asked about it, has said whatever's best for the team. Uh, but the, it, it, the possibility at least exists that, we're still talking about a rotation at one of those spots. Now, I don't think they would do that at right guard if Glowinski's the guy. I think they'd be more likely to do it at left guard. But I don't think they – I really don't think they want to do it again. I mean, that's the literally the only thing that Mike Kafka kind of sort of committed to today in his as-usual complete no, it was very like, kind of sort of. Uh, no, 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 no he offense. Deferred, he you deferred know. to Dable, but, he, you know, he basically said it's – it's not a, the, the ideal situation is to have it's not the ideal situation, right? I mean, usually he says absolutely nothing in most press conferences. No offense. They're generally worthless press conferences, but um, but they did say that ideally they wouldn't do it. I just, you know, I don't see how they would rotate at right guard. Like they would have a Zudu be the every down left guard and then rotate Bredesen and Glowinski at right guard. To me, that that is a little odder than, than rotating and, and, and Glowinski. To me and to me, in, in that situation, you're, you're really – uh, running the risk of, and, and I don't think I don't know if Glowinski would make a stink, but he's certainly an established veteran. Who's, you know, he started 16 games, I think five of the last six years or something, something along those lines. I wrote about it today. You know, you're really risking alienating a, a veteran who, um, you know, was very durable for you and your second best offensive lineman last year. 
Um, you know, do, do you really do you want to do that if you think, you know, especially if the, you know, how I mean, if you go by PFF grades, he was, you know, he graded out better than any of those and every offensive lineman except Andre Andre Thomas, Andrew Thomas, I'm sorry, Andrew Thomas. Um, and, um, you know, so at some point, how big a difference is there between Ben Bredesen and Mark Lewinsky uh, at right guard? I, yeah. I can't imagine it's very big, you know, it's in their so, mind. Yeah, I mean, look at PFF. Like his last year in Indy, we'll round, we'll round these grades. His grade was a 70 overall. It dipped down to a 63 last year. Not horrible. It was a dip, but not horrible. He went down in pass blocking from 62 to 55. Okay, then down in run blocking from 70 to 64. So he was a pretty solid serviceable lineman last year. Like Ben Bredesen kind of was like not that good either in worse, like you said. And so Azud and Azudu was a nightmare at times. So again, this all hinges on Azudu being proving that he's good enough to start. If he's not, then they're just going to go with what we assumed it was going to be. Um, Glowinski's a guy who they signed last year to what is essentially a two-year deal. You know, it was a three-year deal. These three-year deals are all either just one-year deals or two-year deals. They couldn't cut him at all this off. He's carrying an $8.3 million cap hit. There's no way they can cut him, could cut him going into this year because of the the money. Uh, I don't – he probably doesn't have a future with this team just because of his age. He's 31 and um, – you know, especially if he gets benched this year, that kind of seals it. But, um, but again, it's something interesting to talk about in camp, and maybe that'll wind up being all it is. But the other storyline is if if Azudu is not good enough to start, then you blew a third round pick, right? That that's that, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, I, that's and well, maybe two with him and Cordell Fly. <laughs> Great point um, there. It ties into what we just talked about. Yeah. So um, that that would, you know, third round picks are guys that are supposed to play in this league. Um, just to, I guess as we're, as we're speaking here, Pat Leonard just tweeted out a story that Justin Pugh is interested in coming back to the Giants, um, which is, which would throw another wrinkle into that left guard situation if that were to happen. So, um, yeah, Pugh turned 33 years old today, coming off a torn ACL. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think, you know, be objective here and, and. I, I don't know if that's the right move for this team right yeah, now. I'm Why just, do you need another old guard? Um, right, I'm just looking at his PFF grades from last year. It was 61, 65.8. And, you know, I mean, he's it's a guy coming off an ACL and not being, you know, remarkably better than what you already have, I don't think. It would be a nice story. That would be all it would be. Um, just like the Landon Collins thing last year. I mean, he he made no impact. Like so, what whatever. But, no, he, uh, did, but he did have a big interception in the clinching game. But that oh, yes. that was about the extent of his impact. Um, and so we'll see where the guard thing shakes out. I mean, to me, the the corner spot is settled. The inside linebacker spot is settled. Um, the guard thing is is still could play out in in a couple different ways here. And we'll there's a there's a really big preseason game on Friday to probably sort this out because I don't know, would they play starters against the Jets? I mean, if they don't play starters. It's going to be interesting to see who starts on Friday at at those two guard spots. I think it's really didn't play at all on on last Friday against the Lions. And to me, that had to be out of just respect to being a veteran, I think. I mean, you know, if you're – yeah, but (laughs) – 
I don't that 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 just makes the whole thing just a little bit stranger, you know. Because if you're really competing, then don't you don't you want to throw that guy in there against the, you know, and look at him in a game? But you know, they obviously have a lot more film on on Glowinski and know what and in their mind know what they think he can do. Exactly, and know his limitations. And you talked to Glowinski about this, and I was kind of sitting with an earshot listening and just. You know, his tone, you could tell he did not want to talk about this. And, like, he was reading between the lines. Like, he's not happy that he has to be answering questions about – he said all the quote-unquote right things, but he was just very short and terse. Uh, and, like, look, of course he shouldn't be happy about, like, maybe losing his job. Like, let's just, like, look at this, like, totally objectively. No one can blame him for being, like, uh, basically told you, like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Of course he does, and he might lose his job. I mean, for crying out loud. So, um and especially he's got to be probably looking at this. I'm just guessing, you know, like, look, I played pretty well last year and you're going right. to, you know, maybe you know, again, we're assuming Azudu is going to play well enough. Uh, the bottom line is the giants have to be better offensive line wise for everybody, except Andrew Thomas and that most, especially Evan Neal, who's dealing with a concussion. He's going to be fine for week one, but like, let's not lose sight of the fact that he was a mess last year and he needs to be a whole lot better. I mean, right. it's, it's, it's funny. If you look at this offense right now, you, you can, you know, you can say, you know, and again, I'm going in the division. If you just look at the skill players of the Giants, and they're probably still as, as a step behind, uh, a, a bigger step behind the Eagles and still a step behind the Cowboys. But they closed the gap in the in skill players, I believe, uh, in this offseason. Uh, I think that gap's been closed, but it won't matter much if this offensive line isn't significantly better than it was a year ago because the the other two teams have really really good offensive lines. Uh, Bingo. So, yep. So, and that, that it's really maybe the key to any success. To you know, if the Giants, the key to the success of the Giants getting back to the postseason is what happens with this offensive line. Bingo. Great point. I mean, that sums it all up for this offense. We'll, we'll just run through the depth chart real quick. Um, so I just I have the depth chart in front of me, which is what they put out before the Lions game. So like one wide receiver spot, you got Hodgins, Hyatt, Colin Johnson, Bryce Ford, Wheaton. Um, you know, you know what Hodgins is going to be. Uh, Hyatt, it'll be fascinating to see um, what his role is. Colin Johnson, special teams guy, he's on the bubble. Bryce Ford, Wheaton, I think he'll probably be on their practice squad. Intriguing undrafted guy. Uh, and we'll, we'll circle back to Hyatt, but like the other receiver spot, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, David Sills. I think Slayton and Shepard make it. Uh, Sills, I think probably, uh, you know, gets, and he's a no, like, come on. Like, it's enough. Like he's probably going to get cut. The slot, Paris Campbell's got that locked down. I think it's interesting to see what the, where the backup spot goes. I probably Cole Beasley right now. Well, he is the number two. Then you look at Jameson Crowder, and then, of course, two practice squad types in Jaden Mickens, Khalil Pimpleton. Um, so among that receiver group, okay, so, like, the Hyatt situation is, like, let's not assume he's going to have it. He's not going to have a ton of opportunities if everybody stays healthy, uh, right? I mean, he's he's flashed at times, but I just don't see him having, like, an explosive rookie year, if only because the opportunities probably won't be there for him. Yeah, I think he's going to get, you know, his deep shots, his share of deep shots. Uh, but as far as other types of passes, you know, I, I see the ball going to Hodgkin more. I see it going to Campbell more. Obviously, it's going to go to Waller probably, and I would say, more than anybody. Uh, 
And and I can see a scenario where Darius Slayton potentially gets a thousand yards and leads all those receivers and wow. receiving yards. Right. Even, even even with Waller, yeah, even with Waller, if you know if the Giants are going to pass the ball a lot more than they did last year, you know if they're going to be more. What's that? You got to protect to do it, and 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 not to, well, go ahead. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, and you know, it's it, it, it's kind of a big assumption to say that Waller's going to get a thousand yards. It's been he's this he's three years removed from that last thousand yard season too. So, um, you know, I know everybody's fallen in love with Darren Waller, but you know, the last two versions and obviously injuries played in that. But um, you know, I just I, I I just have a feeling Slayton's going to have a big year. I really do. Um, well, Waller's got to stay healthy, obviously. And, and just the caveat there is a thousand yards in the NFL now with a 17 game regular season is 58.8 yards a game. So it's really not right. like astronomical. It looks great and it is great, but, um, and that's still very good production. Um, so I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for one of these, one of these pass catchers to get there, provided they're able to pass protect well enough. Um, like I said, I think Colin Johnson is dealing with an injury right now. I think, I think, yeah, he's. Don't we don't know how big an injury that is. That, that's yeah, gonna... the Achilles tear last year. I don't know. I just has special teams value, but in that might he might be a cut with, with the. Yeah, it, it could that last spot on the wide receiver could come down to the to the threesome of um, Colin Johnson, the trio Johnson, Crowder, and Bryce Ford Wheaton. I think. Um, right. So do you think? Right. So then you look at it and say, like, would they try to stash Ford Wheaton on the practice squad? Um, and we talked about Glowinski's cap situation about why they couldn't cut him. I mean, Jamison Crowder did not, I, he got nothing here. He got 27 grand guaranteed money. Right. He got not, a nothing contract. So they could, they could, they could, and he's a name, but they could very easily cut him. I mean, the same goes for Cole Beasley. He got not, zero, I think, guaranteed. But it, right. but Cole Beasley's familiar with the system. He's familiar with Brian Dable. I think he sticks, right, as a number two slot. Right. I, I, yeah, I do too. I mean, it, um, I I can see both Beasley and they kept seven wide receivers last year, so that's why I went with that number that I went with. Um, you know, um, so like I I so I can see a scenario where both Crowder, Beasley, and and Campbell make it because Campbell I think can be an outside guy too. For um, sure, he can you know, be. Beasley could end up if Beasley makes his team, he could end up being on the field quite a bit as a slot. I think. Um, you know, and you know, Campbell may be more interchangeable with Hodgins and and Slayton. Yeah, I think that's a good summation of the receivers. Like we talked about the offensive line and where they need to get better. I mean, they're just addressing depth here. I mean, their tackle, Devery Hamilton's gone. He got hurt, and he, they they canned him basically. Um, so Matt Parrott and Marcus McKeithen are our backup tackles. Tackles uh, depth is very scary. Yeah, the big time. McKeithen is kind of a guard too. I mean, they list him at tackle, uh, but Parrott is the best of like some bad options right now because Corey Cunningham stunk in the opener. Wyatt Davis, he played tackle. He was a mess. Um, so Parrott, and then they bring in Julian Davenport, a New Jersey kid who started. Uh, he was a, he was, a, he was drafted a few years ago. Let me look this up. But um, as we're talking fourth round pick in 2017, Julian Davenport was a just, they just got him today. So this is an interesting depth addition, you know, Maybe he factors in in terms of being a backup. He's played, started 32 games, played 60. Uh, he's still only 28 years old. So 
uh, that's something to keep an eye on in terms of the tackle depth because it is such a mess right now. Uh, Tyree Phillips is another guy who has tackle depth and has been playing guard and tackle. I think Phillips sticks. He's dealing with an injury right now. So that all that we don't know about some of these injuries and like how legitly right, how severe they are. Here they are, right? Are they legit injuries? So we're kind of extrapolating a little here. You know what Parrot is. I mean, I, I mean, geez. You talk about there's another one. There's a that wasn't a that wasn't of course a Joe Shane pick, but Matt Parrott was a third round pick in 2020, a Dave Gettleman special. Bad pick. Yeah, he's not not panning out, not not contributing much. Great guy. <laughs> all yeah. time all time nice guy. He um, is. And we talked about the you know the guard depth. Phillips could be a factor there as well. Kind of, sort of. He's a swing depth guy. Sean Harlow's probably not making the team. They signed him as a center to like after Hasnauer got hurt, but he's been playing guard, so I don't know. He's not making the team. Uh the center the Shane Lemieux is an interesting one because he's a name. He's a former starting left guard. Injuries wrecked his last two years. He learned center in the offseason, entering the final year's rookie deal, trying to make the team. I don't see it happening, unfortunately, for him. Maybe they can stash him on the practice squad, but I think he's probably on the outside looking in, right? Because they, they had him working back up at second team and third team center, hardly at all at guard, right? So I, this is a, this is a, it's tough for him. It's an uphill climb. Right. And I think almost he, from a personal standpoint, I almost think. You know, if he doesn't make the team, they would be hoping to go somewhere else and maybe just get a fresh start uh, and try to be healthy. They've kind of buried Jack Anderson, too. Um, he's yeah, he's got a little back and center work, but I think he's probably toast. mostly a third team guard. Uh, yeah, he's posted uh, Wyatt Davis. And kind of a, every once in a while, take some snaps at center, but not, not very many. Yeah, Anderson, Wyatt Davis, you can, you can put them in the bin. Uh, and, and and then, I mean that sews up the whole line, offensive line. I mean Corey Cunningham, no thanks. Uh, so they got to figure out their tackle depth. Like we said, Phillips could be a factor there. He was a factor there last year. Phillips was. I think he's an interesting player um, because he can play some guard too. And you're not talking about the you know an all pro here, but like you know you got to have some depth. We saw it last year. They have injuries on the offensive line. It just happens. I mean the argument can be made. It was a very small sample size. That Phillips played left. Uh, right tackle better than Evan Neal when he went in there for Evan Neal um, after Neal got hurt in Jacksonville. You know, I think it was a three-game stretch, but he actually had a higher PFF grade, not not that he was lights out, um, you know, superstar right tackle, but um, certainly held the fort for a little bit there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then moving on to running backs, going down the depth chart, you know, that Saquon Barkley guy. Uh, we'll see yeah, we'll see if he amounts to anything. Um, <laughs> uh, look, what is there to say that hasn't been said? Um, he's been yeah, fine. I mean, I, well, I think the one thing of running back is that it, it looks like Gary Brightwell could be yes uh, in trouble as both uh, just as in terms of making a team. And it looks like Eric Gray is going to plug into that running back spot and also to the return, the returner, kick returner, and, and maybe kick returner and punt returner uh, looks yep. like right now. Because Brightwell was a kick returner. Uh, looks like they're going to entrust Gray with the number three running back spot. Like you said, the punt returner and with Brightwell hurt, probably the kick returner. Brightwell, they might move on from him. James Robinson, no chance. Uh, man, what, what what was the point of signing him? The camp body, he, he stunk with well, he was, he was He was signed when it looked like Saquon wasn't yeah. going to come to camp. So that was 
Jay Sean Corbin not making the team. I mean, maybe a practice squad guy. And then the tight end spot, I think, um, is interesting uh, because who's so the number three tight end is going to be Lawrence Cager, right? Waller, Bellinger, Lawrence Cager. Uh, then what? What do they do? They keep Myrick as a fourth tight end slash fullback. Like Ryan Jones isn't making the team. Tommy Sweeney probably not making the team. Um, maybe that comes down to special teams value between Sweeney and Myrick. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, it's kind of negligible position there. You talk about the number four tight end, but, uh, right. and then, you know, who the quarterbacks are going to be just the big question for, uh, Bergen County folks. Will Tommy DeVito make the practice squad? Well, what's the rule with that? You can keep a guy for free, a third quarterback for free. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't, I, and that, that's, I'm derelict in my duties, I confess, but I haven't really looked up the, the third quarterback situation right now. Um, I know it changed in the offseason, but I'm not exactly sure what the rule is right now. Not, not It's not important, um, no. really. And so moving on to defense, uh, yeah, you got that Dexter Lawrence guy. He's pretty good. Um, Rakeem Nunez-Rochez. Let's see if he, you know, he's doing a little bit of groin here. I think that's something to keep an eye on. Um, then... At that nose tackle spot, Kevin Atkins and Donovan Jeter are negligible. They're gone. Um, Jordan Riley has been a bit of a revelation. Maybe not the type of of uh, Trey Hawkins revelation, but right, he's, he's opened a few eyes here a little bit. Seven round pick. He's you know the, there's those four guys who are established because if we go down to the next line of tackle, it's Leonard Williams and Ashawn Robinson. Jordan Riley has kind of become number five in that. Uh, rotation and could could see himself on the field. You know, um, a year ago, early on, DJ J- Davidson was getting his handful of snaps before he tore his ACL in, in London. And then later on, Ryder Anderson was getting his, you know, his, his eight, 10, sometimes 15 snaps a game. Uh, and now he's hurt right now. Uh, Davidson just came off the pup list. Um, so he's not even on this, this sheet, but, uh, right now, you'd have to say that Jordan Riley is ahead of both of those guys as, as far as what's happening in camp. Yeah, um, and the other D tackles, Brandon Bryant, Kobe Smith are gone. Let, real quick, circling back, you mentioned the pup stuff. Wondell Robinson is going to come off the pup fairly soon, Joe Shane said on the radio the other day in a week or so, which is surprising. Late November, torn ACL, and he's coming off the pup soon, which is another guy who's well, a that fact. That wide receiver thing too, yeah. That perhaps squeezes Crowder, I wonder. Um, and especially, especially the stop thing, yeah. I think Aaron yeah. Robinson, who's the – once Wandale Robinson comes off, Aaron Robinson, the corner, will be the other remaining guy in the pup. I mean, he has done nothing to impress, and he's probably not even ready to come back yet. So he's barely even worth mentioning when you talk about the corners, but yeah, Wandale is going to squeeze somebody his return, which seems to be impending based on what Joe Shane said. You mentioned DJ Davidson being back, um, but Riley has done a nice job. And Ryder Anderson had nice story played last year, but we'll see. Like he's dealing with his triceps. It's not a, it's not a nothing injury. So they can be lingering. Yeah, and and you know at the at the rush spots you've got your main four guys: Ojolari, Thibodeau, Ward, Zimenez, Tomon Fox, kind of in the mix there as the fifth guy. Uh, I think Tayshon Bauer and Habakuk Baldonado are obviously not going to make the team, but Fox um, does he make the team or do they get him on the practice squad? Who knows? He 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 had some nice moments last year as an undrafted guy. He did for sure. Um, yeah, I mean he was he and he 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 played his share of snaps too. Um, you know, the, 
what was I going to say? The, the thing about those two positions, those rush positions are, do they have enough depth there? I think is a big, still a big question mark for this team uh, because other than Thibodeau and Ogilari, although Zimenez didn't have a bad game and he, he flashes here and there, but there's no, even, even Fox, there's, there's no real, um, you know, third guy you bring in, there's no real third pass rusher for this team. There's, it's, it doesn't come from the from the inside at all. Um, you know, I, I, I guess Dexter and Le- Leonard could be those. Uh, certainly, Lawrence was one of the better pass rushers last year, and Williams has had his his years. But you know, if you're not going to get that from the outside, then you really need you know those two guys to be you know real disruptors in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, and we talked about the, the linebacker spots, but the, in terms of the frontline guys, but the arrival of Okereke kind of squeezes the depth there a little bit. So, you know, Beavers, McFadden, Okereke are going to make the team. Uh, so you probably think, okay, they'll keep four inside linebackers, right? So is the fourth guy going to be Carter Coughlin or Cam Brown? Uh, they both, neither has played a ton on defense, both special teams guys. Uh, well, Troy Brown, is not making the team. Deontay Johnson, not, I mean, Deontay Johnson could be a stash in the practice squad, but I, I don't look, I am not digging into the film to see Carter Coughlin V Cam Brown, how that's going to work, but they have a decision. Yeah, I mean, one, one of them is going to make it because of their special teams prowess. Yeah. Um, Cam Brown is a really good special teams player, you know, and captain so special teams last year. And I think Coughlin's considered a pretty good special teams player too. Uh, maybe there's some ways to, you know, you look at other positions um, and, and they both stay as special teamers because, you know, there are some guys who, who get listed on the depth chart who really aren't really aren't on the depth chart. Uh, you know, they're just guys who are special teams guys for sure. Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. Right. And then, so there are there is value there. Right. So just because sure. you look. And so he's, he's, he's third string right now for what it's worth. Carter Coffin's the second string middle linebacker, Cam Brown, the third string weak side guy. But as we said, um, if Bobby O'Karake gets hurt, then, then they're going to be in big trouble, but uh, then they pray, but um, then it's going to be McFadden and Beavers would, would be your linebackers and base. But uh, yeah. And we talked to, so moving on to corner, we talked about Aaron Robinson, a bit negligible there as we circled back on the pup guys. Uh, they're getting healthier uh, in terms of the pup guys. They have these nagging injuries. They've put some guys on IR, but no one's significant. Um, we'll see what some of these injuries turn into. Um, but they're getting guys back at least. Uh, and But, you know, we talked about the main storylines at corner. In terms of the depth at corner, there's not a whole lot of intrigue there. So, okay, so Radarius Williams probably getting caught. I mean – Jimon Green is an undrafted guy, practice squad guy. Darren Evans, look, I couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> Amani, uh, let's see it. Can I do it? Oh, I, I, I'm already getting tripped up. I know you can do it, Bob. I know you can say yeah, it. Overwarrie. Overwarrie. <laughs> <laughs> Try that after a couple cocktails. Yeah, I sound like I already had them. <laughs> <laughs> Rodarius Williams, unfortunately, toast. Um that which leads me to okay, let's look at the Giants' 2021 draft class. My word, Kadarius Tony, Aziz Ojolari, Kadarius Tony, round one, Aziz Ojolari, round two. Okay, you know we know what he is. Good, good there. Aaron Aaron Robinson, round three. Ellerson Smith, round four. He's already been cut. Uh, 
and he and he was he was waived with an injury settlement. He didn't have a serious injury. He's already uh, he's already you know doing rehab and stuff, whatever. But he he's gone. Gary Brightwell could be gone. Rodarius Williams could be gone. You could be looking at a situation where of the six guys that uh, Dave Gettleman picked with his final draft class, literally only one Aziz Ojolari could be sitting here on this roster in. Wow. 2023 in the third year. Um, yeah, we got Darren Waller for Kadarius Tony. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, uh, the, I think so. The second string corners are going to be Aruarie and, uh, right? Like, I, I guess Hawkins, or I mean, do you keep Rodarius Williams? Maybe I. I don't know how you do that. Uh, like, cause to me, you keep flot because he can play in the slot or outside and you're not right. going to flot after you're, one you're year. Keeping, they're, they're keeping flot. And Darnay Holmes to me is gone. Darnay Holmes, unfortunately really sweet guy. Uh, and I, I just, I don't see it for him. You're talking about a fourth round pick in 2020 and that Dave Gettleman draft was, Hey, look, Andrew Thomas, Xavier McKinney. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Matt Parrott. Ooh, Darnay Holmes. Uh, Shane Lemieux, round five, you're talking about. Got a couple of decent special teamers in six and seven and Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin. And then, you know, the rest of it's. Yeah, you, know, you don't say that's a horrible draft, though, because those top two are pretty. Correct. Pretty Look, and they got. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, you know, hey, give give Dave Gardenland credit. He's, he already, he's, he's happy to take it, you know, that. <laughs> so, you, know, you give it, he'll take it. You give yeah. him credit, he will happily take that credit. Uh, yeah. But when you hit when you hit on your one and two, you're you're okay. Anything after that, though, I really do believe that. The thing about Darnay is they they drafted over him immediately. I mean, they drafted they picked Darnay Holmes in round four in 2020. The next year, they picked a slot and Aaron Robinson in round three in 2021. And then the next, uh, then two years later in 2023, they go with. Um, I'm sorry, in 2022, the that very next year, Cordell Flott in round three. So right. in, in each of the two subsequent drafts. So, uh, yeah. I mean, trying to find that st- those starting cornerbacks, and maybe they maybe they found two of them in this draft. Yeah, and as we work our way to the end, Zion Gilbert, you know, it, 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 look, practice squad or whatever. But uh, the strong safety spot, so like free safety, okay, we know Xavier McKinney is going to be there. And one thing Joe Shane said today on the radio is, they're going to wait until after the year. Of course they are. Why, why would they give him a contract now? He, he did a dumb thing on the ATV accident. He wasn't even that good last year compared to the year before. He's got a chance to cash in. But as you wrote earlier this summer, the franchise tag looms. It's like an $18 million tag, though. So uh, it's yeah, a bit it's a more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, it, if you want another year to look at him, you, maybe you, you use it. So Sure. Um, so he's got a chance to make some money this year. Um it's, you know, they've locked up Andrew Thomas, so he'd be the next one down the list. But so you look at McKinney there, the 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 other backup safeties at the free spot are Nick McLeod, the converted corner, who is uh, he's hurt right now. Um, he he's expendable, I, I guess, in terms of his contract, but he's he's shown value and versatility. Well, he's uh, got value in being a safety and, and who, who, a safety who can at least cover a little bit like a corner because he's been a corner. So I think there's value there. And Javarius um, Owens, Geo, Geo, as they call him, uh, he was just drafted this year, right? So he'll, he'll be maybe – he was seventh-round pick. Do, do they try to put him on the practice squad or does every pick make the roster? Um, right. I think it's yeah. something. Yeah, that's – that. you know, 
come, does it come down to him and McCain or, you know, and I guess a big part of it is how, how badly injured is McLeod. I don't know. Correct. I don't think I don't think it's that bad, but I don't even know what, what what's he got. I don't even know what his. They haven't they haven't said so. He's um, one they haven't said right. Okay. Yeah, and and you know we like folks we only get like so much time with Brian Dable and these pressers, and like you know you get the vibe where he's going to give you the injuries, but he's not going to he's not going to go all Doogie Hauser and give you all the details on him. So um, pretty, pretty soon they have to tell you what body part. <laughs> yeah. So Jason Pinnock has been one at the other spot, strong safety. Julian Love goes to Seattle. Can, yeah. yeah, definitely one of the best stories of camp. Uh, a guy who is a very super confident guy. The Jets let him go at the beginning of last year or at the uh, right before the last, last season began to end the training camp. He found a role with after the ATV accident to McKinney. And he has like – he took this starting job and just seized it, never let it go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean uh, – yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a guy, you know, or they went into the first preseason game and there was sort of a competition going on still. Uh, you, you thought for the safety job. And then in five plays, Jason Pinnock nailed it down. They said, you know, they wanted to play him 12 to 15 plays. And in, in five plays, he had a interception, a tackle for a loss, and then a breakup on a fourth down play. And they said, okay, thank you very much. It's good enough. Jason Pinnock's are a strong safety. <laughs> so. It's interesting because they did, you know, they signed Bobby McCain, a guy who's played 121 games and started 87. He started 16, 16, 15 um, in each of the last three years, eight before that. So he's been a full-time starter in the NFL from 2018 to 2022. Before that, he was a part-time starter. Started a lot of games. He is about to turn 30 years old in a couple days here. Um so they, they signed him and you think like, okay, well, they got their replacement for Julian Love. But then when you go and like look at the contract, uh he got a one year deal. The, the the cap number is um it's one it's one I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong contract here, but it, it's a very small contract. Let me go to Spotrack. But he got he got a so little guaranteed money that um that it's certainly possible. That they could – sorry, here we go. So the, the signing was $152,000. Sorry for the delay there. So basically the bottom line is that's the guaranteed money. He, right. he, he got six fifty guaranteed. So they would have to take on six fifty to cut him uh, with a cap hit of if he keep him a million. So it's worth probably keeping him as a backup. But he was never – he's never been – he's listed as a third-teamer right now behind Dane Belton. He's never been in the, even in the mix for the starting job. No, he, he really hasn't. You know, the the, the first – positive thing i think that we've heard in camp actually came from wink today uh which i, I, I probably should have mentioned that that you know that mccain's been playing well and you know he can and you know wink does do these things he can see a scenario where he gets him on the field in certain in certain packages uh too because he thinks he's been playing showing pretty well lately so um you know but showing pretty well and being the, you know, the replacement for Julian Love is two very, very different things. And right now, Jason Pinnock is the replacement for Julian Love. And are they going to cut Dane Belton? They just drafted him in the fourth round last year. I don't think so. I mean, no, I think I think you could. He's I their think, number three safety. Yeah, right. I think you could see five safeties actually. Okay, so Cook, Alex Cook, not making it, and Geo Owens maybe on the practice squad, or Geo Owens making the team, and Nick McLeod depending on his injury. So I think that's. 
yeah, Belton's their number three safety. We talked about it earlier. You know, you made a great point yesterday when we were talking to practice that uh, Belton could be that hybrid type guy, safety, linebacker, ability to blitz, play in coverage. He's not a he's not a starter. He's not an all pro. We saw that last year, but that's you know that's okay. He can have a role. He's an earnest kid, and and let's you know see what he can do. Um, but yeah, the McCain thing, you know, he just never never really materialized because Pinnock uh, seized that job from the get go. Um, to replace Julian Love, and we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah. I think that probably McCain sticks as a backup, I guess, because, because like Wing Martindale said today, they can find they can find places for um, some of these guys. Um, right. Right. Yeah, and, and so yeah, I think I think you know some of the some of the stuff that Wink said today. I mean, he was in a pretty candid mood, so you kind of take take some of that at face value. Um, in terms of how he how this roster might take shape, even though you know he has say, but not necessarily final say. Obviously, special teams wise, you know, I think Eric Gray's unless he screws this up. I mean, the the other guys they have listed as punt returners are Pimpleton, Mickens, Jaden Mickens, Khalil Pimpleton, Darnay Holmes, Darius Slayton. Darnay Holmes not making the team probably. Those other two guys are practice squad guys, and there's not a chance in the world they're going to have Darius Slayton return punts. Um, kickoff returners kind of negligible because the NFL's neutered the position. Uh, neutered the kickoff, but they'll have Gray go back there and kick. Crowder told me today that he's worked his way onto the depth chart. Who's that? Crowder. He actually said that to me today. Okay. He said, I've actually worked my way onto the depth chart. And I'm sure they have a different depth chart inside maybe than they do. Um, I I don't even know how that works, to be honest with you. Um, But I'm sure they share with them. Okay. You're, you know, and he, and he did line up, actually lined up for a kick last week. Um, one one of the kick kickoffs last week. So um, he's got ninety five career punt returns. Just three. Yeah. Well, he returned. I think he returned nine punts for for hundred yards last year. So that what's that average out to? Eleven point one yards return per return. Yeah. Uh, with, with a long of twenty, which means which means he had nine pretty good punt returns. Um, yeah. So he's yeah. a proven guy. I just you know they know they're keeping Gray. Gray had some ball security issues at in college. So, and, and he has dabbled in the, in punt returns. I mean, it's an important job. Like it's not like you can poo poo it. Like you can kickoffs. Um, no, because you can, I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> the, the ripple effect of what happened last year in Seattle, a, a Richard yeah. James fumbling to losing two punts returns, um, you know, helped cost him that game. And then in turn, it, made Dable decide to put Dory Jackson back at punt returner, which you probably didn't gain anything in punt returner, but you lost your starting cornerback for the rest of the regular season. So, so it is an important position as we saw last year. Yeah. That's a great piece of context there because of how much, you know, your struggles there at that, their struggles there, punt return, not only impacted just punt return directly, but so much else of the, of the team. That's a great, that's a great piece of context there. So, yeah, I think we pretty much covered like everything from top to bottom in terms of the bubble situation, in terms of the guys who have improved. You know, I did, you know, the one other piece of nugget, because Wink made, man, Wink, Wink Mardell made some waves today. One of the things he said was he challenged Kayvon Thibodeau to practice. I don't, to me, I heard it as practice harder. I went back and like read the transcript. He didn't really specifically say like that he wasn't trying in practice. I think he basically, maybe it was a focus thing or just like practice better. 
Um, but it is interesting to hear those comments in the wake of what Rick Spielman tweeted, the former Vikings GM when he was at the the Lions uh, Giants joint practice in Detroit, where you were there as well. And he was questioning Kayvon Thibodeau's uh, effort, basically, in, in, in contrast to Aiden Hutchinson. Now, you know, we saw Thibodeau play really hard last year. To me, he squashed a lot of the, pretty much all those pre-draft things about does this guy take plays off? Um but I don't, I don't know. But then here you have the, the defensive coordinator coming out saying that he, <laughs> he called them out in front of the entire defense, uh, which, I, you know, that's good coaching. That's just coaching, but it's just interesting to hear him say it. Yeah, I think he just wants Kayvon to be to, – to live up to his potential. And, you know, that's – I think he sees him as being great. <laughs> and in order to be great, he has to do all the right things that go along with being great. You know, I think that's really just trying to get the best out of what you think is a great player. Yeah, and he answered it. I mean, Wink Mondale talked about how productive Kayvon Thibodeau was with forcing fumbles, recovering fumbles in those joint practices with the Lions. So he certainly answered, and uh, you're you're right. I mean, the kid has a ton of potential. He needs to become a more efficient pass rusher. Um, He was 26 among edge rushers last year in pass rusher, you know, grading and PFF. So. You know, he, he definitely flashed. He had some great moments. I mean, he'll be a big, obviously, part of what they do this year. You know, I'm sure he did not talk today to the reporters. Thibodeau didn't tomorrow. He's going to be asked about this, and, we'll, you know, we'll see what he says. But um, it was just interesting to hear that come out today among a bunch of other things. And so I figured we kind of just give a little take on that. But, um, but yeah, I, I think this is a guy who is – he's young. And so, you know, if you're a coach, you're going to try to – you're not doing that to a veteran, right? You can do that to a young guy who you feel like, I need to kind of push this guy and, and get him to harness some of his stuff a little bit. And let's see how he responds. And if, if you know the guy can – and Thibodeau's a, such a blunt dude that, like, to me, I don't think he's going to look at this and say – and, like, cry about it, you know? Right. He's not that type of guy. No. He's no. not a wallflower. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it will, uh, and then look. I mean, I I don't think he was saying he was sucking. I just think that no, it was it just perked up all of our ears. So yeah, that, that's that's something to watch. And and let's see. Uh, we'll put a bow on this by saying. So do you think? What do they do with starters Friday night? Will they play their starters against the Panthers on Friday night? I think we see them for a quarter. Good call. I agree. I think I think all of these significant starters, all those guys, are going to play. And you're going to see a lot more, too, of the guys like Jalen Hyatt, who only played 18 snaps the other night. He's going to get a lot of action. Um, so you're going to you're going to have a better sense of how this is all taking shape. The offensive guard thing is going to be fascinating to see who they start, who they roll in, what they do there. Um, but um, so we'll see Saturday, uh, Friday night, uh, seven o'clock. And then 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 next week, the final preseason finale next Saturday against the Jets. Uh and that's that. And then they move on to the regular season. So they have um, another week of training camp practices after this current week that we're in. And then, as, as we said, as we sit here, August 15th, exactly two weeks away from cuts. And they will go from whatever they're at, 90, 89, I don't know what they're at, all the way down to 53 all at once. So we gave you some of those bubble guys here and then definitely some of the guys who are kind of no-brainers. But uh, as usual, there'll be some surprise cuts. I don't know if there's going to be any totally, totally shocker cuts. Um, like McCain to me would be a surprise, right? That would be a surprise for sure. And Darnay Holmes probably not a surprise at this point. Maybe a little bit just because, you know, who he's been. But yeah, uh, but not a stunner given what's ha- taken place. 
and we talked about Crowder, uh, just a name who could who could they they you know, they they didn't they didn't invest much in him. So, but hey, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, a lot of good context, hopefully there for you guys you guys and gals on um, where the Giants stand. So thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe on all your podcasting platforms, and we'll probably come back and do another one of these uh, kind of comprehensive things as we look at the roster after the cuts. Um, and probably after the waiver claims, because remember the day after the cuts are waiver claims, which are important. I mean, they got Jason Pinnock on waivers last year. Don't forget about that. Uh, so they're going to get some guys or a guy or something the day after uh, and who perhaps will wind up being a significant contributor. So that's something to keep an eye on. After that dust settles, we'll we'll circle back with another one of these, see where the Giants stand and look ahead to the regular season. So I hope everyone's having a nice summer. hope you enjoyed camp if you got a chance to go out there. It was nice to uh, to say hello to some folks out there as well, too. So thanks, everybody, for, for reading nj.com slash Giants, as always. And uh, we'll catch up, y'all, in a, in a couple weeks. And until then, uh, enjoy uh, following along with all our coverage and uh, take care.